0: All right, now before we get started today, I'm just excited about marriage, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. We, we just spent the last two days, Friday and Saturday, and I'm telling you, if you're a married couple, for thirty-five dollars, I would have paid three hundred. I would have paid five hundred and thirty-five dollars for that information. It was just that rich, and so uh, really, what we were able to get were about twelve counseling sessions. I just want to share something that was forwarded to me. This is just one of many. Uh, this was one my wife forwarded to me this morning. I thought I'd share it with you all because it was such a blessing. So if you're a married couple in here, don't miss something like this again. Amen. All the married couples say, Amen. tell you, this information was in- amazing. But this, this really summed it up. It says, Hi, Pastor. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The conference was awesome. Thank you guys so much for sewing into us uh, a low-key, non-evasive, two-day marriage counseling sessions that addressed all of our troubled areas on both ends, times 1,000. We sat up until 2 a.m. last night recapping the information in areas we could individually improve. I'm so excited about correcting my issues and doing a better job submitting to God and serving my husband. And by default, my marriage improves. Side note, one of the highlights of the event was when uh, Pastor G came around and collected the trash and the lunch uh, yesterday as we continued to enjoy each other. And then the morning after he was out taking pictures, uh, seeing him serve was a reminder that you guys are here to serve us. The, the, then, it, then it is our charge to go out and serve and love people for the advancement of the kingdom. So a heartfelt thank you for you guys', for you guys leadership. Thank you, Pastor Gregory and uh, Pastor Trish. We love and honor you both. To me, that's what it felt like was 12. Praise God for that. Praise God. We, we enjoy receiving that. Uh, but what it really felt like was 12 counseling sessions, but nobody knew your personal business. Does that make sense to anyone in here? And we were able to go back and just talk it through and talk it out. And, of course, we're going to do some more of that on this week. But I just wanted to encourage all the married couples. That was a great blessing. And so don't miss out on that next year. Next year we'll take it off site to a hotel because that Friday meeting lasted long. And so I think it's easier for us to roll out of that Friday meeting up to a room. <laughs> and then put the Word of God to practice all night. Then roll out of that room that morning, come back to the morning sessions, keep the room for the afternoon. Come on, huh? come on. Some, some married couples in here know what I'm doing, and just enjoy it. So we'll plan that out. Uh, a little better uh, and make it a little bit more, uh, like, feel like more of a getaway on next year. I have an assignment today, and so I've been saved for 28 years, and and one thing I can tell you, uh, in 28 years, I've probably been a part of five different churches over those 28 years, and, and a lot of different times and seasons where resources were raised, but not one time was there ever accountability where those resources were concerned, and what I mean by that is that Money was raised, but nobody ever knew how much was raised, what did it go towards, did them as God, that if I ever became a pastor, I would be accountable for every resource and every penny that the people give to us. Because at the end of the day, how many you know it doesn't belong to linked up church? It's the free will gifts and offerings of the people. So if they gave it, they should know where it went. All right, and so before we get to that today, so if you're a first-time visitor here today, this is a different type of Sunday. Uh, we, last week, we talked about vision. This week, we're going to talk about vision forward and the giving that's gone along with that and where we need to go from here. So we're going to actually put numbers up on the screen. We've got an updated animation of where we're going. I'm excited about that. Come on, anybody else excited about that? Thank God for our mobile season. But I'm glad it's coming to an end. Amen. So, all throughout the Bible, uh, today if you're watching online, uh, if you're in the service today, the best way to follow along, I won't be up here long in terms of message because we've got information to get to you. I just want to give you context to the information that we'll share on today. Uh, but if you're following along, the best way to do so is the YouVersion Bible app. Go to the events section. And just hit linked up church and there's an outline right there. You can add your own personal notes to that outline and just follow right along. And so today we're going to talk about vision forward giving. So the Bible gives us special insight into how God's people have always been motivated to give towards special projects and the building of God's temple. It's really layered throughout that God gives a man a vision. And then watch this now, he gives the man the vision, but then he blesses the people to help him carry it out. So in other ways, the only way that the pastor can carry out his God-given vision is that the people have to be blessed for him to do it. Somebody should have got excited because that means we can't get there without you coming up. So we're going to get there, so that must mean you are coming up. That's just how this works, folks. God gives a man a vision, then he blesses the people to help the man carry out the vision. Let's look at five biblical keys here, okay? Five biblical keys. I believe key number one, I believe this was given to me by the Holy Spirit. Key number one is always give enthusiastically. And give an enthusiastic response when you hear give enthusiastically. (laughs) Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and let's read verses 1 through 3. I'll read out of the Amplified. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, give enthusiastically. After I continued to study this on yesterday, I almost believe God doesn't want it if our heart is not in it. It was interesting as I continued to go over and over and over again It's almost like it's not doing him any good or us any good if we're not excited about doing it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, just to give you a little bit of the backdrop, Paul here is instructing the church at Corinth because they're going to take up an offering for the poor saints that are at Jerusalem. What I'm telling you all, folks, God always calls a church to help other people. Something is wrong when the only people that are being helped are the pastor, his wife, and their children. God calls a church to help other people. So he's called Paul to instruct the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth gets excited about this because they get to help people that are less fortunate than them. Folks, part of our mission and assignment is to help people that are less fortunate than us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Amplified 1 through 3 says, Now it is unnecessary for me to write to you about the offering that is to be made for the saints in Jerusalem. For I know your eagerness to promote this cause. And I have proudly boasted to the people of Macedonia about it. How many you know there's a good pride? I'm going to boast about you all today when I show you these numbers. You all do what you said you're going to do. That blesses the leadership. So bless. I'm going to boast about you all today in a good way. Because you all are good people. We couldn't have asked for a better group of people to serve than the ones sitting right here in this room and watching online. Seriously. You'll see that today. You all did, for the most part, what you said you would do. I mean, that's a blessing. Let's keep reading here. Boasting to the people of Macedonia about it, telling them that Achaia has been prepared since last year For this contribution. Now again, the contribution was to give to the poor saints who were at Jerusalem. And your enthusiasm has inspired the majority of them to respond. So what I want to show you here, enthusiasm is contagious. I can't tell. Let me try it again. Enthusiasm is contagious. It's something about when one person gets excited, it can get on somebody else. And I don't know about you. I like being around people that are excited. Right? So notice their enthusiasm inspired the majority. So there were people who were thinking about not doing anything. But when they saw the enthusiasm of others, they said, I got to get in on this too. That's how powerful enthusiasm. So always give with enthusiasm. Then it says in verse 3, Still I am sending the brothers on to you so that our pride in you may not be an empty boast in this case, and so that you may be prepared just as I told them you would be. Now what you all don't realize, folks, is that I've been telling people, you all been hearing it every week, we are going to buy our first building cash. I've been saying that since we were having exploratory meetings, when we weren't even established as a church yet. And guess what, folks? We bought that building cash. Somebody ought to get enthusiastic about that. Now watch this. We decided that to remodel it was not good enough for you all. So we're rebuilding it. And guess what I'm still saying? We will rebuild it. Cash. See, I, I see I, I see some people just sitting around like a bump on a law. I need your enthusiasm to help the person next to you. Listen to me. We we, we, we will rebuild it. Cash. So you all don't know I brag about you all all the time because it's such an honor to pastor a church with good people in it. Number two, be prepared to give. So number one, give enthusiastically. Number two, be prepared to give. Let's pick the story up in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 at verse 3. Still, I am sending the brothers on to you so that our pride in you may not be an empty boast in this case and so that you may be prepared just as I told them you would be. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we too say nothing of ourselves will be humiliated for being so confident. That is why I thought it necessary Urge you. So, what I'm telling you all is, I, I brag on you because I know I won't be humiliated. A little bit more enthusiasm. Amen. That's why I do it. Let's keep going. Watch this now. Verse 5 That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brothers to go to you before I come and make arrangements in advance for this generous, previously promised gift of yours. So, so that it would be ready, not as something, here's the key, extorted or wrung out of you, but as a voluntary and generous gift. Amen. So anytime you feel like you've been robbed, how I many of know that's not God? Anytime you feel like you've been extorted, how I many of know that is not God? It should always feel like it's voluntary, something coming from my heart, that I am willing to do. Everyone agree with that? Go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, Message Bible. David, at the end of his life, has been commissioned to build the temple of God for his son Solomon. His job, his assignment, is to prepare it But his job is never to go in it because he dies right after he prepares it. Right. And so let's look at some things around this from a leadership perspective. First Chronicles, chapter twenty nine, verses one through five. The message Bible says, then David, the king addressed the congregation similar to what I'm doing today. I have a job today to tell you all where we're at, where we need to get to. And this is how we're going to get there. So he dresses the congregation. My son Solomon was singled out and chosen by God to do this, but he is young and untested, and the work is huge. He's inexperienced. This is not just a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. How I many you know what we're building is not just a place for us to hang out? It's not about us talking about, look at what God has done. It's about also building a place where God can meet us. I've done my best to get everything together for the building of this house for my God. All the materials necessary: the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the lumber, the precious, the very colored stones, building stones, vast stockpiles. Furthermore, because my heart is in this, how many know is something wrong? When the leader's heart is not in the effort. Or the leader is asking the people to do something that he's not willing to do himself. So he says here, because my heart is in this, in addition to and beyond what I have gathered, I'm turning over my personal fortune of gold and of silver for the making of this place for the worship of my God. Then he asks this question. Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? See how I got tight in the service right there? You can sense that. You can feel that. You can almost feel it like, I want to say something, but where is he going with this? Go to Exodus chapter 35. Let me give you a little backdrop here. We're going to read out of the Message Bible, Exodus chapter 35, Message Bible. God has instructed Moses to deliver the children of Egypt out of Egyptian bondage, right? While they're being delivered out of Egyptian bondage, he tells them to go to the Egyptians and to spoil their houses. Is that accurate, right? So they go, they knock on the doors. And the Egyptians give them all their gold, all their juice. Well, what would they need those resources for if where they're going is out into the wilderness? So what I'm showing you here, I could have read all of this to you. What I'm showing you is God blessed them in advance for what he wanted to build. So now watch this. Moses can't build if the people aren't obedient. So I'm going to show you how this story plays out, okay? Exodus chapter 35. Let's begin at verse 4 and 5. So then Moses spoke to the entire congregation of Israel. So the purpose of that then is getting ready to show why they had to spoil the Egyptians. The purpose of that is getting ready to show. Moses spoke to the entire congregation of Israel saying, This is what God has commanded. Gather from among you an offering for God. Receive on God's behalf Listen carefully, what everyone is willing to give as an offering. So notice, there was no number given here. It was just heart. So receive whatever the people are willing to give. I mean, that's always the best way. All right? Keep a marker there because we'll come back to both 1 Chronicles 29 and Exodus 35. Let's look at number three. Give willingly. Give willingly. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at verses 6 through 8. I'm reading out of the Amplified just to save time so I don't have to tell you what words mean. The Amplified already defines them. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. Give willingly. So number one is give how? Enthusiastically, right? What's number two? Be prepared, right? How many know what you have, God gave it to you? And we should always prepare what's his and what's ours. Right. Amen. Number three, give willingly. Verses six through eight. Now, here's the good part, folks. This is where you should loosen up because there's something in here for you. you got to understand this about God. He's never trying to take something from you. He's actually trying to get something to you. Verse six says, now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So so I'm harvesting what I've been sowing. Is that a fair statement? Right? So so I can't say, God, bless me real big, and I've been sowing real little. God, I'm believing you to pay off my house or, or buy a house cash. I don't even give. I mean, oh, the kingdom doesn't work that way. You actually control how you harvest based off of how you give. I just need three good amens in here. Amen. That's two. Amen. That's three. Three good ones. And he who sows generously. Now, here's motive, folks. That's why I love the Amplified Bible. Here's the motive. And he who sows generously. You see this? That blessings may come to others. See, there's a higher motive in giving than just you getting a new car. Come on, folks. There's a higher motive in giving. There's something about when you help someone else come up, God sends someone into your life to help you come up. When you do for others what they can't do for themselves... God sent someone into your life to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Listen to me, folks. The best things that we have in our life, somebody else brought us up. So the motive for the generous giving is that blessings may come to others. Watch this. But we also will reap generously and be blessed. So the highest goal in giving is how can I be a blessing to somebody else? Then the end result is that I will harvest generously and I'll be blessed. Let's, let each one of you give thoughts again, not grudgingly or with a gun up to your head. That's compulsion, right? Anytime you feel like you have to do something, you shouldn't do it. That's the devil. You should feel like what an opportunity this is. You see the difference? For God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his giving. And God is able. We can go home right there. Come on, your job might not be able. Come on, somebody. Your parents might not be able. Your spouse might not be able. But God is able. One thing I love about my wife, she is not dependent on me to get her needs met. One thing she knows is that whether I deliver or not, God will deliver for her every single time. Right? So it didn't say your husband was able. It didn't say your wife was able. Come on, it didn't say your job was able. It said God is able. What is he able to do? Make all grace. Every favor, every favor, every favor. And earthly blessings come in abundance to you? Somebody say, to me. Me. I don't know if you can get a picture of that. Can you imagine everything just working out for your good? People blessing you that don't know why they're blessing you. Come on, somebody. Your enemies are at peace with you and helping you and they don't even know why they're doing it. Come on, you don't have the education for the promotion on the job, but you get it anyway. Come on, I'm talking about every favor comes to you because of the condition of your heart when you give. Every earthly blessing comes in abundance so that you may always under all circumstances, I love this, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. You know what complete sufficiency means? All my bills are paid. Now, I don't know about you. I know what it's like to be on the other side of that. When the bills show up, you won't even open it. Just let it sit there. Like it's going to go away, (laughs) right? But I also know what it's like to have the bills paid as soon as they show up. That's where you're going, folks, is all sufficiency. Because I got five people that received that on this end. I said, that's where you're going, folks, where, where you'll be all sufficient in every single area of your life. Come on, my, my house is paid right. My car is paid right. Come on, somebody. The groceries are, are, are in abundance in our house. The, the refrigerators are full. Come on, the freezer is stacked. Come on, somebody. I'm not waiting on the gas tank to get on empty. I fill it up when it get halfway empty. Come on, somebody. Come on. many of you know you're on the other side when it hit halfway and you go fill it up. Because I know what it's like, boy, to pray that you get to the next gas station. Come on. Am I the only one that's had to drive around praying in other tongues? Just let it go another mile. Come on, somebody. Anybody else in here been like that? How many of you know you in a completely different category where you won't even let it get close to getting on empty? That's called being all-sufficient. Well, why will God make you all sufficient in everything? Being completely self-sufficient in him. See, folks, that's God's highest goal for your life is that you don't have to rely on your employer to meet your needs. God's highest goal for you is that all your sufficiency can be found in him. And see, let this story encourage me. I mean, you can take a church from me, but you can't take God's provision from me. Right? So had I been dependent on the other situation, I'd still be in trouble. I'm trying to show you what God wants to be for you. Regardless of what people do to you. He's going to lift you up. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. And not, is he, not only is he going to lift you up, he's going to lift you up beyond whatever they took from you. Amen. Come on, somebody. I actually thought I wanted 3059 South Cobb Drive. I thought I did. But now that I see 4331 Brownsville Road... Come on, somebody. I see what God was doing. He was saying, that's not good enough. Come on, somebody. And having abundance for every good work, here it is, an act of charity. The only reason God's going to give you abundance is so that you can give away abundance. Come on, y'all. Don't make this difficult for me today. Did you hear what I just said? There's a responsibility that comes along with abundance. You want to build a big business? You want to be rich? There's a responsibility that comes along with that. If he blesses you abundantly, he expects you to give away abundantly. All right, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Let's read this out of the Message Bible. Let's pick the story up course David building the temple verses 5 through 8 and now how about you so so now Moses asked the people now David asked the people and now how about you who among you is ready same question almost verbatim and willing to join in the giving then this is what I love folks the leadership responded first so you know how you can determine leaders from followers who steps up first? Oh, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I mean, you'll never have to look for the leader because he's going to be out front. So ready and willing, the heads of families, leaders of the tribes of Israel, commanders and captains in the army, stewards of the king's affairs, Stepped forward and gave how? Not with no gun up to their heads. How did they give? Leadership stepped up first. Anyone who had precious jewels put them in the treasury for the building of the temple of God. Go back to Exodus chapter 35. Let's read verses 20 through 26, Message Bible. Exodus 35. Now let's look at the back end of the story of God commanding Moses to take up an offering to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. Verse 20. So everyone in the community of Israel left the presence of Moses. Now what I like about this version of the story is there are times, folks, when you should never make a decision right on the spot. You ever been in a service and you felt pressured to make a decision on that day? There are obviously people that are ready because they have abundance, no big deal. Like I came ready today, right? But, but, but there's sometimes there's a wisdom in hearing the information than going back home and praying about it. And that's what happened here, right? So let's show you that. Then they came back. So they left the presence of Moses. They went back to their tents. Then they came back. And everyone whose heart was roused, whose spirit was freely responsible, bringing offerings to God for the temple of the tent of meetings, furnishing it for worship and making the holy vestments, they came, both men and women, all the willing spirits among them, offering brooches, earrings, rings, necklaces, anything made of gold, offering up their gold jewelry to God. And so what I want to say to some people today, go home first and pray. But let me tell you what I believe. Every member should do something. There was no enthusiasm behind that response. Let me try one more time. But every member, every member. (laughs) Folks, hold on now, boy. They like, ah, where? Uh, It's amazing, right? And see, this is where my boldness has to pick up. Because if I don't tell you certain things, we're going to keep being blessed, and you're going to watch us being blessed, and you're going to miss out on it. So now what I'm learning is just tell them and what God is saying to me. Let me deal with them. Number four, give with expectance. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm so excited with the level of enthusiasm in this building right now about what God is doing at Linked Up Church and the building he's called us to build and the fact that we already own it, Cash. I can't tell you right now. It's almost like I'm having an outer body experience right now. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 10-12. through 12, Give with expectance. Look at verse 10. Now he who provides seed... For the sower, let me go real slow here, right? My wife and I, there's a number that we're going to give above and beyond what we did the last time. But guess what, folks? It's not going to come out of our general fund. I'm going to teach you how to do this. We're going to believe God for it. Because he just told you he will give seed to the sower. Watch this now. So a lot of times you don't see yourself receiving a lot because you hold on to what you receive. And you eat your seed or get your hair done with it or toes or nails or or, or buy your iPhone or your latest. But what you didn't realize, he was actually giving you seed to sow. And so the last time, we, we uh, committed to give $5,000. We didn't touch our general fund. No, I think I gave the first 1000 out of our general fund. A couple of weeks later, she got blessed with $11,000. I think we took four out of that. I want you to see how the numbers work. So obviously we honored God right off the top of it, right? We took four off of it and ended up having in savings what we sold. because she's a smart wife, when she gets it, it leaves her hands and comes right into my hands. And I'm a smart husband, I return it right back to her in the form of Nordstrom's, uh, uh, and wherever else she wants to go to look as beautiful as she's looking today, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Ah, shaka, ba-ba, shaka ta ta ba ba shaka Now, he who provides seed for the sower, listen very carefully, and bread for food. Watch this. If you see the process here, he gives you seed to sow, which provides bread for your food. So you see how you eat in the earth? You think going to work is what's providing for you. That's a small portion of it. If you want to live beyond that, it's the seed that you sow. Are you listening? See, a job will always keep you just over broke. But your seed can take you way beyond that. Your seed can do what your job can never do. You all want a little bit more of this today? I'm y'all glad you came to church today. All right, watch this now. So he who provides seed for the sower and bread for your food, watch this, will provide and multiply your seed for shopping. I'm reading out of the Amplified. For what? For what? So when he gives you seed and you sow it, he multiplies it so you can sow more of it. Which means if you can sow more of it, you've received more of it. And it's a continual cycle. That is your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, a lot of people confuse that. They think that, you know, because I'm righteous, I give. How many know giving doesn't make you righteous? It's, I said that the wrong way. Giving doesn't make you righteous. It's because I'm righteous that I give. Do you all see the difference? Because of what he made me. And then what he's saying is he increases more of that. Isn't that good? So he increases your righteousness. Which shows itself in act of goodness and kindness and love. So when he increases your righteousness, how many know Other people can see it, not based off of your doctrine, but based off of your behavior. Isn't that good? So people can see how he's elevated you based off of your behavior. Isn't that good? How you respond to what he's made you. Let's keep reading here. You will be enriched in every way, in verse 11, so that you may be generous. And this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. Now, let me just say a few things here, folks. We got to a place in the build-out where we had just remodeled the kitchen. But then we said, you know what? You can't feed thousands of people with a remodeled kitchen. So we increased the budget on the project to... A little bit more enthusiasm than that in the bill. Yeah. Why, folks? Because when natural disasters hit, people need a place to go. Amen. So you want to be on CNN and Fox and all of that, help people. I can envision Linked Up Church being a safe haven. My wife will tell you, people have already called called us from Red Cross, Blue Shield, Red Cross, American Red Cross, American Cancer Society, to use our facilities to help people. So the way we built this is that they can literally, we can help people and they don't even have to come into the church to help them. Come in or you have to have security too. Yeah. So the kitchen and the cafeteria is all at the front of the building. So people never have to go further than that. Folks, I envision us feeding thousands in Cobb County. Yeah. Let me try this side. Folks, I envision us feeding thousands of people. Thousands of people. Think about it. We don't need a commercial kitchen for 20-something employees. I can tell you right at the moment God spoke to me that that's not enough for what I'm calling you to do. I'm telling you why God is blessing us because he can trust us. When I say us, I'm talking about all of us. I'm not talking about my wife and I'm talking about us. Folks, I envision us buying up all of the houses that are dilapidated in Powder Springs. <laughs> what are you going to do with all those houses? Put people in them. Yeah. I'm talking about helping people, I'm not talking about enabling people, I'm talking about helping people. I envision owning that strip mall next to the building and putting nine linked-up businesses in it from, from front to end. I have a dream. Folks, I envision owning the 33 acres that are adjacent to it on the right side. I see a community economic development center where we're raising up the next generation to think deployment and not employment. We're raising them up to think, go to school, get a good education, start a business, and the whole community will support you. Glory to God. Come on, folks. I have a dream. Glory to God. That we'll build a school so that our kids don't have to go to school and be gender confused. Come on, somebody. They can be raised to know the difference between male and female, where marriages are being honored. Come on, somebody. Come on, I see sports fields. I see AAU programs. I see track fields. I see baseball diamonds. I see football fields. I see us reaching the entire community for God. Glory to God. And they're going to come from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west because they will have never seen a church that has helped so many people in their life. Glory to God. And God is calling us to do this. This is our assignment. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. Some of you are going to benefit from it. Some of you are going to be the very people. I see a senior citizens complex on the 33 acres so that they can just walk right over to the church services. And it's need-based because they're on fixed income. Number five, let's close. Give out of obedience. Give out of obedience. That's the only reason, God, whatever wants you to do it is because you want to obey God, not your pastor. I'm asking you, don't do nothing for me, ever. Do everything you do for God. Verse 12 and 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For the ministry of this service, the offering, is not only supplying the needs of God's saints, God's people. See, it was never the government's responsibility to take care of God's people. But it's also overflowing through many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Folks, people are going to ride by that place and just thank God for what it's done for them. Thousands. Folks, I'll prophesy to you. You haven't seen anything yet. When that building opens, you're going to think, where did all of these people come from? And I'm telling you, they've been there all along. They were just waiting on us to open. I'm telling you, what we're building is already not big enough. Day one. going to overwhelm you grand opening weekend why we can't get all the people in two services two people just get in agreement with that with me remember i told you that you're going to think where did they come from they've been there the whole time There are people that have never come to this church. They inbox us and send us messages. We just walk around the building praying for it. We never met these people. I go over there on the parking lot, and we just walk around it and pray for it. Folks, I know God planted us in this community. Listen to this. It's going to cause many thanksgivings to God. Because of this act of ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience. See, what you don't understand is, and I just why I thank God for you all, your obedience is going to reach tens of thousands of people. And I'm going to always tell them the story that you all came after all the sacrifices were made. There were a group of people that were sacrificing on the front end so that you all could have what you all have today. Folks, God called us to lay the groundwork and the foundation for all those that will come and thank God for what he used us to do. Because of this act of ministry, they will glorify God for your what? What's that word there? For your what? For your obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for your generous participation in this gift for them and for all the other believers in need. Let's all stand to our feet. Just pray something soft for me. Let's just lift our hands to the Father right now. Before I even share anything, I just want all of us to take a moment to listen to God, right? And Block out every other voice that may be going on in your head and around you and block it all out right now because I believe God spoke to and is speaking to people right in this room. And so if you would, as you lift your hands to the Father, just take a moment and begin to listen to your spirit. And so Father, I pray for every person in this room, especially those that are members of Linked Up Church to really hear from you and to know what it is that you're leading them to do about what it is you've called all of us to accomplish in Cobb County and so father I know your character you're never taking something from them you're literally trying to get something to them and so my prayer is that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened that they'll come to know in a greater way what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead, set him at the right hand of God the Father. And he's seated at the right hand of that throne. Now unto you that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. To you be glory, praise, and honor both now and forever in Jesus' name. Stay in that attitude of prayer. If you're in this building today, You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Man, what an invitation. What an opportunity to come and be a part of the family of God today. What an opportunity to get your life together. So if you've never gave your life to Jesus, we want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I, I just allowed myself to get away from God. I've gone back out into the world. I know God's not pleased with that that's you today and you're saying, I want to repent and come back to God, we'll be happy to help you with that today. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, it was my devotion this morning. And it just reminded me of how important it is to have a a prayer language that can bypass your enemy and, and tell you things that you don't know about, that your natural mind doesn't know about it. Help you make decisions and give you judgment and wisdom that you don't have because it's in your spirit. And you pray it out, you birth it out, and it illuminates your mind. If you want to learn more about that gift today, you want to be baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues, we want to pray with and for you today. Then finally, if you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you to Linked Up church, my wife and I, this staff, will be happy to receive you. We'll pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, just like today, our, our goal is to make sure that you hear the Word of God And the word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving.